Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in 76ers with your hosts, former 76ers point guard Eric Snow and two Sixers fanatics in Marcus and Tasia Dash. Believe in 76ers is presented by betonline.ag. It's that time of the year again as college basketball takes center stage with the tournament finally upon us. It's March Madness, people. Let's go! If you're looking to wager this year, BetOnline is the number one spot for all your updated odds and info, along with great contests, including the bracket contest, where you have a chance to take home the top prize. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V to get started. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the 76ers, Believe in 76ers podcast. I'm Marcus Dash. I'm here with our host, former 76ers point guard, Eric Snow, and my brother, Tasia Dash. How are you guys doing? Doing good. How are you? Good. Pretty good, pretty good. You know, I know it's a 76ers show, but it's March Madness, and so we got to kind of talk about March Madness and uh, where everyone has so far. Eric, I understand you don't have your bracket done yet, but the question I got to ask... The question I got to ask, and a lot of MSU uh, guys who are following the show, they want to know how far you have MSU going uh, this year. Well, I mean, usually I have two brackets. You know, I have a bracket where Michigan State wins the championship um, <laughs> every year. Um, I'm, I'm faithful with that. And the other one, I kind of, you know, go with, you know, kind of who I think would win and when I think maybe someone can knock them off. Um, I have never picked Michigan State to lose um, to a lower seed ever in my whole life. So that will not happen this year either. So we'll we'll see which higher seed in my other bracket will I see maybe who they can beat this year. So we'll, we'll see. It takes me a little bit. I, I usually wait till Wednesday night to finish my bracket, let let some things digest, and but I'll get it done. So you have one for your heart and one for your head, huh? Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the heart always wins the championship for me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, of course. <laughs> I gotta say, so the, the the one problem I'm having is, you know, Coach K's final year, and you know he's yeah. going against another icon. If Michigan State wins and Duke wins in the first round, they would play each other in the second round. The problem I'm having is, I mean, if Coach K's going to lose to anybody, I think he would want it to be, you know, uh, Coach Izzo, not just some young punk. But like for him, <laughs> I, I think I, I don't know. I think if there is going to be anybody who does it, it's going to be Coach Izzo. I mean, this, this, I this mean is Coach K's had a great deal of success <laughs> against Michigan State. So um, he may be happy if he sees Michigan State, the, the record that he has uh, with us. But, um, you know, either way it go, I mean, he, he he's done a great thing for college basketball. And if Coach Izzo is able to knock him off um, in his last game, and if it comes to that, hopefully we win in the first round, um, I'll be excited to see it, even though I'll be um, disappointed to see Coach K go. It's gonna be well, interesting sorry. year. It's gonna be an interesting year that I, I, I've seen all the ex- experts. Everyone's kind of has like a di- has a different like bracket and a different champion. So it's just, uh it's always yeah. it's always fun. Moving on to the uh, the seventy sixers. Um, so obviously our first show began on you know the, the day of the the Nets Sixers game, which the highly anticipated game, which was not fun to watch. So we're gonna get into that right now. Um, oh <laughs> so our, our first topic. 
So since our last show, we've had three games, a blowout loss to the Nets, which I just mentioned, then a close win against the Struggling Magic, which you could argue we should have lost that. Then a choke job loss to the Denver Nuggets. Uh, and then, so we're one and two over the, over the last three games. So Eric, what have been your general thoughts over these past three games and what are you seeing and what aren't you seeing that may be somewhat concerning? Well, I mean, the first thing you've seen, you've seen, you've played some good teams. You played um, playoff teams. Um, and that's that's the difference. So so those expectations when you play those winning teams are raised. Um, as far as Orlando, Orlando's the type of team, what I'm seeing now is that can give us trouble. Um, young, energetic, athletic, a lot of um a lot of guys that can go off the bounce. Um, teams are dribble driving this a little bit. You've seen um even last night with with Denver, um, getting to the pain, being able to, you know, swing, swing, catch and shoot. They just had some. They made some shots, but they had a lot of wide open shots. So it's it's my concern of guarding the ball um, off the dribble. Um, they're they're getting guys are especially Orlando the game, even New Jersey. They were getting to the paint. They were getting by one guy, making people help, and then they were making those shots. So it's it's that's something that has to be addressed. Uh, being able to stay in front of the ball, contain the ball, and not be able to allow teams to create such easy possessions as far as easy looks and easy shots. And those guys, they've been knocking them down the last three games. Yeah, Teja, you were talking – last night you and I were talking about how teams are running on us, what kind of Kevin Durant had talked about, and kind of talking about what you, what you kind of saw. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Durant said it best. Their goal is to make us run. I think everyone's doing that. Jokic caught us sleeping a few times too on those long uh, passes down the court. But, I mean <laughs> – the Nets, obviously, it's a lot easier when they're shooting 18 of 40 from three, and we shot pretty poor that game. Not from three, though, which I actually looked up. So we were 39% from three against the Nets. Um, it was inside the arc that killed us. So MB was three of 14 inside the arc. Harden was 0 of 10 inside the arc, and Harris was 1 of 5. So those three combined for 4 of 29 from inside the three-point line, which is crazy because – and that's Embiid's bread and butter was in that little paint area or within that, that whole mid range really this year. Um, but if you're going four for 29 from inside three, you're, you're going to lose. I think the Nets was more about Harden just wasn't getting the calls he wanted. Um, he seemed to do the little thing and then it wasn't getting called. And then he was just kind of left there with his arms out and which I'm kind of fearing that's how the playoffs are going to look more like um, it seems like he does get calls more regularly in the season, but in the playoffs, when it gets tightened up, when you're star versus star, I just don't think he's going to get that many calls. And I used to, it's funny being like a, a non, a, a newly hardened Sixer fan. I'm, I used to watch him on Houston. And I used to say this as a, as a, you know, opposing fan or someone just watching the game. You can't get these calls all the time. Like you just, you can't, you can't shoot a hundred free throws a game, but I, Sixer fan. Now I, I want to go to the line every time, but it's just not sustainable. So you know, hopefully he figures out how to maybe, oh gosh, uh, get those mid-range shots going. I noticed he doesn't like, he's not a huge fan of mid-range. He either has that shot three-pointer or he's he's in for a layup every time. Um, but, you know, the problem with Harden, and, and, and I go to prolific scores, obviously, like AI, and it seemed like every time AI drove, and I think he said this a few times too in, in interviews, he envisioned exactly what he was going to do. Like he 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 had a plan and didn't navigate to score. I feel like Harden drives. He just looks for that foul, and if he doesn't get it, he's kind of shit out of luck, and he doesn't know what to do once he doesn't get that foul call. Um, maybe it's a generational thing, but yeah, that's 
huge from what I saw in the net game, at least. Yeah, Eric. Uh, Eric, yeah. Uh, a question I had um, is: are, are we starting to see? You know, the, the first five games, everyone's talking about how it's you know the the honeymoon phase. Are we starting to see the kind of um, you know, I guess the ups and downs of when you have a new player in in inserting your lineup, kind of uh, getting used to each other? Are we starting to see that now as we play against uh, tougher opponents? Yeah, I mean, I, I think some of that, but I don't think it was necessarily a, a James thing. Like you can, if you if you eliminate the Ben Simmons whole, the, the Harden trade, say for instance, James came from somewhere, another team, then it's just really a loss. Oh, we didn't play well to net speed us. Mm-hmm. But it was so much other stuff thrown into it mm-hmm. that, that kind of took the focus away. So I think it became a bigger game for the Nets. And for the Sixers, it became a Ben Simmons game. Yeah. Um. But I think the Nets, like, like they had guys that got traded, like, you know, and James left. So I think it, the game, they their sense of urgency was there from the beginning, and they just jumped on us. Yeah. So that's one of those games that you have throughout the year where a team is, they're making shots, they got it going. Before you know it, you're down 20 points, and you just can't make it up in the game. You just can't make it up. That I, I think that that was the type of game that you hit. It was just such a big game in the big stage. You didn't want it to happen on that day, um, so so it's obvious that they're not that much you know better than us. But on that particular day, it was it was a little disappointing because of the stage that came with it. Because that's probably the closest example that you'll get to a playoff game um, that we'll see this year. But I just think that for the most part, um, they 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 got to address some things because the one thing a game like that will do is it'll it'll tell you how teams are going to play you in the playoffs, um, what the things are you going to have to focus on, because in those games where they feel like it's a big game, they'll game plan maybe a little more than they would have during any other regular season where they just like, okay, let's worry more about us and hey, make a couple of adjustments. How are we going to play with Joel? How are we going to play James? And then we'll figure it out from there. Whereas now you come in and it's, it's, it's a little different. You know, Kyrie came in and, and impressed James. So yeah. – a team thing, that's a personal thing because Kyrie doesn't do that every game. So, but, but, but the tie wasn't turned. Like we didn't press Kyrie or maybe we can't, but we didn't, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's a little different. Their intensity was a little different from ours, not just from a scoring, but in attacking the aggressiveness defensively, they, it seemed like they wanted it more. That's what it came down to. They definitely play like the more desperate team that wanted it more. We're playing, we play like more of the two seed that it wasn't our end all be all. But I mean, look, every game they have with Kyrie on the floor, they need to win those. They need to capitalize on those Kyrie games because the ones without him are going to be tough sledding. Durant's going to have to put up 40 plus when it went. It was almost like we're in the playoffs. They need to win to get in. That's how it almost looked. Yeah. And the only thing that was different was that, again, that Ben Simmons aspect. Had yeah. that been some other random team yeah. that needs to get in the playoffs without the hardened Ben Simmons trade, you know, we might have just laid an egg and, and not have that extra pressure on us regardless. And then, um, you know, as far as, uh, I, you know, I think the Orlando game, you hit it on the head. We, I think we should have lost the Orlando game. When I play that game back in my head, I almost like think of it as a loss. Like, we did not play well at all. And then last night, I don't want to blame back-to-backs, but we definitely look tired, and we're just so top-heavy that our starters are playing so much, especially the you know the big four that we have. 
They played an average of 39 minutes last night on a back-to-back and traveling. That's a lot, man. And their bench, their bench lit us up more than anything. It wasn't even, you know, their stars that did it. Jokic did it. It was, you know, their bench shot 18 of 33. Ours shot four of 24. That's that's bad. That's really bad. And then Jim Michael was hitting shots, like you know, hitting Matt Geiger baseline jumpers left and right. And Demarcus Cousins looked energized, and Bones Highland just did us in. And one thing I definitely wanted to mention was. Again, like we talked about it last week with Tobias getting touches, he came off a really good game against Orlando. Um, and then last night, 10 and seven, which I mean, it's not good for him, but what's crazy is that he had two shots the second half, zero in the fourth. Two, his last shot came with three minutes into the third. He didn't take a shot in the last 21 minutes of the game. That just can't happen, man. I mean, I just, I, I can't. I'm a firm believer that you have to force the issue. We told you, I know we spoke about it before. You have to force the issue to get him the ball. You got to call plays for him. I know it now it's a little different in this, you know, freedom of movement and positionless basketball and a lot of this stuff. But you have to come, you have to make an adjustment. You have to come out of timeouts, um, after free throws, whatever it is, when you have a chance to 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 gather and talk or make an adjustment, you gotta make sure that you're getting him the ball. But when you have James and you have Joel, you're going to have to – those guys are going to get so many touches, so many shots. You got, you have to force feed the bias. You have to do it in order yeah. for him because, like you say, you'll play a half, you'll play a quarter, and you'll get one or two shots. Yeah, and we're so top-heavy that all four of our big guys, they have to come through every night because our bench isn't giving us – we don't have outside of Niang who gives us, you know, that spark shot where he gives us, you know, three of five, three of six and like 10 but, points. But, but how, how, how are they like, what are they supposed to give you? Like, what, what is what are you thinking? Like the way that guys are playing, the way that touches are limited with starters. Now, Tobias has been the number two option, the number three option. And yeah. his touches are limited. So the difference with Maxi is Maxi gives you a different kind of energy where he he'll run the court. He'll cut. And he'll get some shots. So he'll get some of his shots because the way he plays and sort of his energy and his speed. So he may get three or four shots just because he's running ahead of everyone. Yeah. Uh, where Tobias isn't really like that. So you kind of need the sets. You need the calls for him to increase his shot shot attempts. But how, how is the bench then going to be able to get more shots if Tobias is struggling to get more shots? It's true. Yeah. And he's shooting well, too. Uh, I looked at his last three games, shooting 9 of 14 from three. You can't ask for more than that. I mean, he's shooting well. He's hitting yeah, his open you jumper. Have to, you, have, you, have to, you have to be like, – and it's hard. And, and Yeah, like if you look around the league, um, most, you know, third options, it's it's not a lot – you know, your shots aren't necessarily – you may get shots, but your shots aren't necessarily – I'm getting X amount of shots a game. You would like for it to be that way, but it's, but it's hard unless you make it a point of emphasis for it to happen. But hard as your number two, I feel like – he hasn't been ultra aggressive. Like, I'd like to look at his a field goal attempts per game, but he's not just jacking him up all the time, right? So I feel like him is your number two. He's your number two, but he's your most ball dominant. Yes. So so even if you don't take a lot of shots, you have the basketball in your hands. So a lot of, you know, he's at times where he's not shooting, he's still deciding who's getting shots. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he's still the playmaker. So even though we t- he doesn't take a shot, you still make the play, um, and the play doesn't always go to Tobias. So it may go to some someone else. So 
And if so Tobias is out there standing there, they may give him a little more attention, which means they may take away the passing angles to him. He's may catch it. He's not getting clean looks because they're going to play him a little more aggressive because he's quote unquote, the number three option. So they're not going to just leave him wide open. Yeah. So if he's not, if, if they're not creating the shots for him and he's not getting the ability or the chance, the more, more opportunities to create, create them for himself. That's why it's going to get, be harder to get shots. Because he's not like James where he comes down. And even if James, James could take 12 shots and you'd be like, man, you you, can, you wouldn't even tell. You would always think he took more because he always yeah. has the ball in his hands. And free throws. <laughs> yeah. So you you can't but, – but with Tobias, you don't get that. Like because his touches are usually swing the ball or I catch, I got to shoot it, I got to catch and maybe get the play. But that doesn't always happen in the set of offense, especially if you catch it early in the clock. If he start playing early in the clock, he start playing and breaking plays. Then he's going to look selfish. So he 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 doesn't appear to be that type of guy. So it's going to be hard for him to break out on a consistent basis unless the team kind of allows it or helps him or encourages him to be that way. Um, because it's just hard when you have um, two options ahead of him and one is a ball dominant guy. Yeah. And. There's a question. So from from last night, I saw a lot of uh, people in, in the Sixers Twitter world kind of going nuts. They go, you know, just generally fan bases go nuts on Twitter about everything. But um, in regards to the last play of the game, um, MB throws it to uh, Niang for the last shot. Um, the, the pretty much people were uh, mad that somebody else should have taken the last shot. Why are we? Getting, we know Niang's a good three point shooter, but he was off last night. I think he was two of ten or two of twelve from three last night. He shoots the final shot of the game. Should that have been somebody else uh, taking that last shot? or should be, Is that a big deal that Harden or MB didn't get that last touch? Well, I mean, is it more of the last shot or the last two shots? Yeah. Because it was the last two shots neither one of those guys shot. Now, if you, you know, I'm a firm believer if you're going to take the majority of shots during the game, then you, yeah, you got to somewhat try to um, get that shot, you know, those shots at the end. I mean, he was, he was wide open when he caught it. He wasn't wide open on the shot. You know, I believe it was blocked. You know, I'm thinking, I'm saying it was blocked the way it, it came off. Um, but, you know, that right there, I think that, you know, they left him open. They gave him the attention. Um, I just think that I go back to the play before that. Like, one of those two got to go and you got to make a play. I think if you if, if Joel would have made a play to the rim, um, attacking more, and then if you make if you're making that pass, to Niang and he takes that shot, it should be a clean look. It, it, no one should be able to contest that shot if you're going to pass to him for a shot. Otherwise, if that guy is able to still recover, then you're able to, in my book, you're able to still play. You should be able to play until you're able to get him a clean look. Um, and I just think that he threw it. He was open when he threw it, but the guy was able to recover because Joel never really made a play to make the defense kind of react to him. He just caught it, looked, he's open, he's swinging. That's an easy recovery and contest. Yeah, plus we could have gone – I think we could have gone for two there. We had some time and we had a timeout left. So, yeah, you know, two foul, you still have about four or five seconds left. If they miss one, you're going for two again, so – well, well, that was the argument, which a lot of fans were upset about when Yang missed the shot. He got his own rebound. There was like th about three seconds when he caught the, oh, the rebound. Count by then, yeah. yeah, he could have kicked it out to um, Maxi. He was wide open at the top. But, you know. It's a tough uh, loss. It was a tough loss. Um, and then uh, final question as we recap the last three games. Um, 
kind of some people were making some people in the mainstream media were making this a big deal. Um, after we lost uh, to the Nets on Thursday night in that big game, that playoff leg atmosphere, there was videos of James Harden going to a, uh, an after party uh, celebrations. Um, people made a big deal about that. Oh, we, we just lost a game. He's going out and celebrating like it's like no big deal. Um, but I think people forget that you know. Like when people have bad days at work, they go to bars and they and they, and they have drinks after a bad game. You know, they they still they, I mean that is another day at the office for a basketball player. That's just not a, in a cubicle. It's on a basketball court. Uh, Eric, can, do you have any experiences to, to talk about that? Um, just you know, have that's, you that's, know. that's never been a, a situation where um, a guy um, has have not gone out. I mean, guys can take it well, but. I mean, you leave and you move on. Like, you can still be disappointed and still go out for someone's birthday party afterwards. I mean, that's that was that's not a big deal to me. Now, when you get into the playoffs, now that's a little different because it's, you know, that it's that one game and each game is a little different. And, you know, then you got to recover. And, like, I think the playoffs, you kind of – you may look at people sideways a little bit if they're doing that be like because you're like, hey, this is the playoffs – after this is over, you can do whatever you want to do. It's free. Um, but during the regular season, I mean, I, one time, I think I think it's – to me, it could be an issue if a guy is, you know, partying every night, you know what I'm saying, and, and, it's, and it's affecting his play, then I think maybe you, you can probably have some concern, but I don't have any concern for, for one night. But I, I would be, you know, interested to see if that's a – you know, in the playoffs, I would be like, hey, you know, maybe you want to kind of chill out and stay off your legs a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, AI never went out uh, during the season or anything. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. I, hey, look, look, look. I'm not innocent of it, too. So I can't blast that's, my guy AI. So, yeah. That's, yeah. He just, had, he just had all the attention, but no, he wasn't yeah. alone. He yeah. was not alone. I'm sure other Sixers went out last or the other night, too. It's like he's, but he's got the high profile hanging out with the rappers. It's, it's going to be put on social media and blasted, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a shame. It's like everyone has bad days. And could you imagine if, if, if I, after my job went out and it was let, like, let me oh. ask you this. So if, if we would have won and he played great, is it still, it would have been okay. Probably wouldn't have mattered at that point. I assume. No, I'm just saying like, 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 so it's okay if he wins. So if you have a good day, like, yeah, you can go, to, but come on, like, no, they want him no. to sulk in his room. They want him to sulk in his, his <laughs> house and be upset about it all night. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that he doesn't care. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm saying. It, it doesn't mean that he doesn't care because you go out after a loss. Like, no different than someone going out for dinner yeah. and have yeah. a drink. If you go out for dinner and you have a drink, is, is it any different? Yeah. You need to be able to let go anyway. I, I want the guys yeah. to let go of things and, and decompress and and and, and – have time to kind of go on to the next game, man. It's, it's, it's yeah. a long season. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I mean, at the end of the day, you will be judged on what you do on the court and how we do on the court more than anything else. So the other stuff is irrelevant if you make it happen on the court. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's probably a bigger deal for James because he has that past with. Well, I mean, that's, that's why, that's why it is a big deal because of, you know, his quote unquote history with it. Flying to Vegas on a on a back to back type and, thing. Vegas and what he did in New York and Houston and so so that's why it's an issue because you know that's why it was an issue. Like if you look at AI, it was an issue because people felt he did it too much or shouldn't have been doing it. But there were a lot of times when AI we were right beside him, but no one said anything about us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's just what it is, and 
people looking at something that he's done in the in the past. Must have been great for you guys. You guys, uh, all the attention was on him <laughs> going out. It was like, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, my kids, my kids tell me all the time. They, my, t- my kids be asking me like, how would I would handle social media and all them. Like, man, look, I'm good. Y'all, you all can have all that. Man. <laughs> it's crazy how different it is, man. It really is. It, it, it's you guys just had to really worry about the newspapers and some TV shows now and again, but now. It's everyone has got that the camera. It's just, I mean, but, I mean, you you dealt with it, but you didn't. I mean, people would come and tell you, "Hey, such and such said this," or they wrote that. Like, but you didn't. It wasn't like in your face all the time. Funny. But it was really people that that's what they did in, in their profession. You just didn't have the you know the average person writing or saying stuff. But Philly was different though. Like, I mean. I could, you know, I could go to Wawa and and people be like, "Hey, you got to shoot the ball better." You're like, "It was go to you know, <laughs> go to a restaurant." Like people would say it. So, but it was just, but you just kind of knew, like that's you know, Philly was that's what Philly was. They passionate about the game. So it's, but now is it's just everybody has something to say. Yeah. Um, so it's just a part of what it is. I mean, you you know you. You can criticize social media, but they all use it, too, to their benefit. That's true. Yeah. You guys actually had Stephen A. as your local guy at the time, too. Yeah, so, man, he's, man. He's, he's no different. He's the same way then. Even yeah, when just he more focused on, on just you guys then. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on my other podcast, I have Jason Dunn, who played for the Eagles um, as a tight end for a couple of years. And, he always talked about in the locker room. He said we, we had Stephen A. Smith in there, and we'd have Howard Eskin in there. He goes, and all those guys are always we're always looking for a story, and always looking for they, they would make something out of nothing. And he goes, what you see on all the shows now, that's what it was in Philadelphia every day at the office. <laughs> that's what it was. It was basically you know all those you know all those shows and everything you see now. That's that's that was Philly. <laughs> it's crazy, man. <laughs> All right, so looking at the, uh, the the loss to Denver last night, so kind of the big story here was we saw two MVP candidates, the top two MVP candidates face off against each other uh, in a back-and-forth battle all night. So how much does – I guess this is a question I was asking, and this is something that I've heard on, on, on first take on the hot take shows, which how much does a one-on-one matchup weigh into an MVP race? And are you willing to say, Eric, after last night, MB did enough to separate himself against Jokic? I mean, I can say that you know he 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 did enough to for people that's voting for him or thought that he was MVP that he held his own. I mean, I think that you know Jokic has already won an MVP, and you kind of know what you get. Um, but it was it was things that you could you could look at Joel and say, hey, you know, he can give him trouble, or he's just as good as him, or he's better than him. However you want to say it, but I think he did enough. Uh, he definitely did enough. To say that, hey, this he's a a real candidate, and, and it wouldn't shock me if he won it over a guy like Jokic, who's having another incredible um, season. So, I think that you know he solidified that. Um, you you would have wanted to play that way and win to to make it even better. I mean, because yeah. that ultimately that you know so, you know lightens it up for you, makes it a little better looking. Um, but I think he did enough, definitely, to you know stay that candidate that he is. You, you, we got two years now of the same top two candidates, right? And that's that happened back in the day, but they're playing the same position too. So it's it's very very comparable with these two specific guys. They play the game differently, but still, you have two centers 
they're going to be number one and two in the MVP voting for two years in a row. And you wouldn't expect that in today's uh, modern day NBA, by the way, two centers to be the top two candidates two years in a row with all the shooting we have. But um, yeah, I, I, I thought Jokic played a very good game yesterday. I didn't think he was that dominant. I mean, his stat line's amazing, but I just didn't get that dominant feel. I, I feel like Embiid was just an unstoppable force last night. Um, not to say either one of them are easy to guard, but I, I feel like, I feel like Embiid has more of a grasp guarding Jokic than the other way around. I think Jokic has a little more problem with Embiid because Embiid's so fast and he's he's got the 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 aggressive play underneath. He can do both things, right? Um, but they both had five turnovers. They both had two blocks. They both had really good games. I think he had a near triple double. Jokic did. Um, but I guess you with MVP you have to factor in what your seating, how good your team is, offense, defense, all wrapped into one. Stats all wrapped into one. I mean, I personally thought Embiid should have been MVP last year, number one in the East, fourth in scoring, second team all defense. That's a pretty good resume, right? Because Joker just got the offensive. Uh, his team wasn't that high in the standings, but he's also not on the first, you know, second or first team defense. Embiid's got all of that. He's doing it again this year. He'll probably be number one in scoring, uh, top three East in the East, and he'll probably be second team all defense again. It's like, what do you have to do to get an MVP anymore? I, I mean, that's that's almost everything wrapped into one. Yeah, I mean, I think he gets it this year. Um, you know, just going down the stretch, um, I, I believe he, he he does, and I just think with Jokic and them, and those guys six and could be seventh in the West, that's going to hurt him this season. Um, but I, I just think that if you if you watch that game, also, um, even though it's, it was interesting because Jokic he had. Like you look at his stat line, it was re- really good, but I, but I don't feel like, like you said, I don't feel like he was dominant. I feel like they had some huge plays and huge moments by other guys. The bench won the game, to that, yeah, to win that game. Whereas the Sixers was like, Joel was dominating. Yep, we should win. Um, but I, I just didn't. I didn't. I, I felt like I'll just say it. I felt like in that particular game, Joel was better, like a better player. Like it felt like that. Um, watching it, and you look at stat line, you be like, "Oh, you see what this, the numbers this guy put up." But he, but it didn't. If you just watch it with your eyes, you didn't. You, I didn't feel. I felt like Joel was a better player and more down, like a more dominant, powerful player on the court. Yeah, and, yeah and I thought he had a bigger impact on the game overall. Period. It, it seemed like they did their most of their damage. You see, the bench dominated, but like while Joe was which. But Joke was just on the bench. Yeah. That's what Boogie Cousins yeah. had those two straight back to back threes. And then I think Highland had his two threes. And yeah, you know, Green had um had, had those two big leads, and each time they cut them. Yeah. And that was that was a huge difference. It's actually a really good game. That felt like that almost felt like a playoff game in itself. Like four point lead, four point lead, just back and forth. It was it was nonstop. I I wish we could just kind of get past I mean, we gotta hold those big leads, man. That's I don't know if that's a another topic for another day, but I don't know if that's a doc thing or what, but we just give up big leads like nobody's business, man. Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll get to that once uh, playoffs comes around. Um, <laughs> but um, all right, so our, our final topic of the night, everyone's favorite, is the prediction segment. Um, so our, our next game is against the Cavaliers in Cleveland tomorrow night. Um, the line right now it has it's too early to be released because I think they're waiting to see if you know we take out James or Embiid for that uh, rest them for the, uh, the next game. But uh, this is the third game of the series. Uh, the Sixers are two and zero this year in both games. They won by six in one of them, and they won by ten the other one. Uh, who do you guys have on Wednesday night and why? Go ahead, Tasia. <laughs> um, 
I well, it obviously all depends on who's who's in and who's out. I mean, especially with our team. Um, we but we did beat them by six and ten. They're both at Philly, though, so that is a big you know. But both those games, they had Jared Allen. No Jared Allen this time. They had a hard time stopping Embiid as it is. I think he averages thirty-one, almost twelve and eight against them. So, and uh, he's been dominant even with Jared Allen. So no Jared Allen, you're going to have Mobley on him all game. That might put Mobley in a foul trouble. If he gets into foul trouble, they're finished on offense. Um, I think I think the spread will probably. My guess is the spread will be two to three us favored. If if everyone's playing, this is if everyone's playing. Um, I think we beat them by more than that. Also, a little prop nugget for you. Um, and beat averages two and a half steals a game against them. That's also another little little thing to throw in there. So, but I think we win. I think we we win. Um, no Jared Allen, the guard Embiid, and he has a monster game against them. Eric, yeah, I agree. I I have us winning. I think that um, Joel will be a little dominant. Being that hopefully he plays, he'll be dominant for. It'll be tough. They'll have to make some adjustments. They'll have to double. They'll have to double in the catch or double early, um, which will, you know, if we can knock down a few shots early, um, I think we can we can get the game. I think we're, we're a tough matchup for them. My only concern is, like I said about the Orlando game, is those they do have some young guys, especially with Garland, that can push the ball, get in that paint, and break us down defensively. Um, so we have to make sure that we, we handle that part, and I think we can get the job done. Um, dominate them in the paint with with Allen out. Yeah, we gotta get back on defense, man. They we've been beat so many times the last three games, just not getting back on defense. It's just like it's it's so correctable too. It's it's so I mean it's it's frustrating. Yeah, that's what Harden said in his press conference last night. We have to get back on defense. That was that was literally a direct quote from last night. I mean, as far as uh, Eric, I mean, what will be some ways to kind of fix that? You know, getting back on defense. I know it's easy to say get back on defense, but yeah, I mean, it's effort. I mean, most of the time you don't have five guys going to the offensive board, so it has to be a point of emphasis. Um, you know, the, the, the issue with James being your lead guard is he's attacking a lot. So you have to have some rotations as far as who's filling and taking his place um, getting back. So you may have to start just by um, releasing your one, two, and three um, each time until you can until you can aggress it unless one of those guys are taking the shot. Um, you know, that's the – point of emphasis but that that will also take away your some of your offensive rebound but you have to make an a, adjustment if the and make the effort also but you have to make an adjustment to address it to to eliminate these easy baskets that other teams are getting i also don't think mb is going to sit that much the rest i know that doc had that report about uh sitting hard and sitting mb you know uh staggering them a little bit and giving time off to give them rest of the playoffs but I think Embiid, man, I think he wants an MVP trophy. I think he wants – I mean, I think he wants the MVP, and it's not like we're set. I mean, we're, what, two or three right now? I mean, we could slide to six. Yeah. <laughs> but what do you think about that report right? that – If you get a, a five-game losing trick or something like that, you, you, you're you in the playing game. Because yeah. the East is tight. Keep, yeah, you got to keep tight. winning. Yeah, you got to keep winning. But what do you think about that report? A lot of uh, hot takers online think that Doc's going to start sitting guys so we can avoid – the Nets at the one and two versus the uh, seven or eight. I mean, I, I, I don't mean you, you say you can do that, but what if Milwaukee does it too? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you, you, you still, you're not going, you're not, I understand you want to rest guys, but I don't think you can chase matchups. Yeah. 
Uh, I just don't think you can do that because you're taking away your rhythm, you're taking away um, your flow by taking guys out. Like if you want to rest them, then you can rest them here and there. But I don't, I don't think you can just chase a matchup because you go and then all of a sudden Cleveland's playing their best basketball or or Boston could slide to that spot. Now all of a sudden you're playing Boston, who we know always plays well against Philadelphia in the playoffs. So you just you just can't do that. Yeah, it's too early to do that anyway. Maybe in the last couple of games, if you like, okay, if we lose that game, we avoid Brooklyn. One way to but, approach it. Try to win every game you play. And we yeah. and just do that every time you play. Especially for this team who has, I wouldn't say gelling issues, but they need to figure out how to play together. I mean, they, they win just get together. You don't want to get in any kind of position where you feel like the games aren't important and you feel like it's okay to lose. You don't want to get into that rhythm or that, that flow. Any team that's won a championship, I don't think they've had that approach. Like you just, I just don't know how you can tell people really to take your foot off the gas. Oh, take your foot off the gas. Let's, it's okay. Whatever happens, happens. Uh, you got to keep getting better. You got to keep improving. I feel like Pop has done that in the past, but that was more of a calculated rest assessment rather than, hey, let's win this one, but lose that one and not play them. But, but they were usually already set in their position, their yeah, playoff. That's, that's true too. Yeah. Whereas here, I'm just saying, like, you, you, you get on the losing streak or some other team's going to win a streak, you can slide two or three spots. Now, yeah, you may avoid the Nets, but you also starting on the road. Yep. <laughs> the whole Maybe the whole playoffs. So you just you, – you, home court has to be important, and you're going to have to win some games to maintain that. Yep. Yeah. And another thing with the Spurs, I mean, that team been playing with each other for, for so long. So, I mean – That's true. Yeah. So They're a well-oiled machine at that point. They could do it with their eyes closed. Yeah, going to know each other still, and, and the amount of minutes our stars are playing. I mean, it, it, but it was also different. It was also different as far as um, the the amount of you know practice time during the training camp. You know, all this stuff was unlimited, and you had the back to backs. You had you know four games of five nights. All that stuff that they don't do yeah. anymore. They eliminated all of that stuff for this reason, so guys can play more. Yeah, so. Pop was doing it more because of the rules and the games and the scheduling. Everything was different than it is now because people were were practicing more and playing more, and you were playing more in a in a, in a shorter schedule. I think the schedule was two or three weeks shorter, same amount of games. So it, it's different than it is, you know, than it was then. It's worked too because Embiid's playing a lot. He hasn't missed that much time. He looks like he's in great shape. Um, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's great that they did that. Yeah. Would you ever dare asking your coach for just a night off because you were just you needed rest? <laughs> no, like I mean, I, I wanted to play, but I, I, I've never I had never experienced that. But I've seen guys be like they can't play because they were injured. But I've yeah. never I've experienced guys be like, no, I'm good. I'm just take a day off. I don't you know just rest. It's a back to back. I'll play tomorrow. Like I just never experienced that. But you know now it's it's okay because they make it okay. Yep, <laughs> they allow it. So why would a guy not take advantage of it? If in in some cases the coaches and the team is telling them not to play, so, so why not? Why not? I mean, it's not like they don't get paid that day. Yeah, there's an injury pattern there too. Like I mean, Embiid's load management. I under I always understood it. You know how he doesn't always come for free throws. He hangs back. Just trying to limit all the running. You know, is low management less minutes or less playing? Taking games off? Like, if you still play 40 minutes a game, 
do you still play 40, take a day off, come back and play 40 again? Or do you just pull back the minutes? Like that, I'm saying, what is you know, what does low management mean? And how does it look? It could be different for other people. I don't know. I'm just saying it's different now, but the way they did the scheduling and the way they do the practices and training camp was supposed to be for guys to play each game unless they were injured and unable to play, but not just to take a guy out just because they don't want him to take a back-to-back. Like, they were supposed to prevent that. Mm-hmm. I know Doc's been a big proponent of load management. He he said multiple times. He said he wishes he had uh, load management back back in the day. He said he wouldn't be walking the way he he walks now if there if load management existed before. Um, and then with that though, he also in, in a press conference he talked about resting and last night for the back to back. And he said I he said a good a good luck trying to to rest him right now. So what, what does that mean? He may not be resting, and we may see Harden get his hamstring uh, his load management hamstring um, precautionary uh, uh, thing for tomorrow night. So well, I guess we'll see. Um, but all right, guys. Well, that does it for us. Thanks for tuning in to Ch- uh, Believe in 76ers presented by Bet Online. For more, please follow us on Be- at Believe in 76ers on Twitter. We'll see you guys on Friday when we uh, preview the, the Luka Doncic versus uh, Joel Embiid matchup. Um, and that's also Dallas Mavericks. That's also the team you used to uh, coach for, Eric. Yeah, the, the legends, Texas legends. Yeah, the G League team. And um, have fun doing it, too. <laughs> it's like the Eric Snow uh, reunion week. We got uh, we got Cleveland tomorrow. We got Dallas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <somewhat. laughs> no reunion tour. Nice. All right, fellas. Well, we'll see you guys Friday. All right. Thank you. Take All it right, easy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.